Hello, it's me, Lily, a frog who lives in a pond and loves to tell stories. Here with an original story for Tales from the Lily Pad by Marlene Warfel. This is Peter Squirrel. Once upon a time, there was a little squirrel named Peter who lived in a national park in a hollow spruce tree with his mother and his three sisters, whose names were Perfection, Excellence, and Merit. The little squirrel loved to invent games and he'd ask his bushy-tailed sisters to play with him. Let's play a game where we run onto the road when a car is driving into the campsite and we jump up at the last second in front of the windshield like we're about to get hit by the car so that the driver slams on the brakes and gets out to look and see if he hit us with his car but we're already across the road hiding in the long grass laughing and laughing. No, said Excellence. Absolutely not, said Perfection. I can't believe we're even related, said Merit. Let's play a game where we chop down on the electrical cable by the laundry facilities and whoever gets their teeth deepest into the cord wins. No, said Perfection. Absolutely not, said Excellence. I can't believe we're even related, said Merit. Let's play a game where we drop pine cones on campers while they walk to the pit toilets and whoever hits the most campers wins. Well, that does sound like fun, said Merit. That would be a blast, said Excellence. But we should ask Mother first said Perfection. My dear little squirrels, said their mother, now is the time to work hard collecting food for the winter to store in our hollow log. We have many spruce nuts, but we need more pine nuts, especially white pine nuts, which are the hardest to find. Now is not the time to play in the sunshine or lie in the grass watching the clouds go by or to throw pine cones at campers so that they make amusing sounds. Stay away from the campers little squirrels you may go into the woods and down the ravine to collect nuts but don't go near campsite number 11. your father had a terrible accident there he was raiding a cooler when mr plaid shirt shut the cooler and stowed it away in the hatchback of his automobile we never heard from your father again what is the cooler asked peter squirrel it's probably best you don't even know answered his mother now I am going to market with a basket of mushrooms. Perfection, excellence, and merit went straight to the woods like their mother said and filled their cheeks with pine nuts. But Peter Squirrel decided to take just a little time to investigate Campsite 11 so that he could see what his father might have seen. He ran there, across the fenced-in environmental reclamation area, across the road, past the pit toilet. He climbed a lodgepole pine tree and looked down at Campsite number 11. It had a bright orange tent with some campers sleeping inside. It had a fire ring surrounded by three camp chairs, one blue, one green, and one little yellow one, and a picnic table with little crumbs of bread and potato chips underneath it. 
when Peter Squirrel was under the picnic table eating the little crumbs of bread and potato chips, the tent unzipped and a man in a plaid shirt crawled out. Mr. Plaid Shirt, thought Peter Squirrel. Mr. Plaid Shirt yawned and stretched and said a word Peter Squirrel had never heard before. Then he opened up his car and rummaged around for some pots and pans and a camp stove and a lighter and some mugs and a big jug of water. Then the man carried a big red box with a lid and he set it down on the picnic table. The big box had wheels and when the man opened the lid, Peter Squirrel could not believe the smells that came out of it. Sweet smells and savory smells, fatty and salty and sugary smells, leafy green smells and cheesy smells and meaty smells and smells Peter had never smelled before. Peter knew. He just knew. That is a cooler and it is amazing. Peter scampered up the tree and watched as Mr. Plaidshirt made pancakes with butter and maple syrup and sausages on the side, and a woman and a little plaid shirt unzipped the tent and crawled out too. They sat in their camp chairs and they ate breakfast and talked about how delicious it was. Peter knew he should scamper away and fill his cheeks with pine nuts and spruce nuts and pick mushrooms and carry them back to the hollow log with perfection, excellence, and merit, but he couldn't wait to see what Mr. Plaidshirt made next. Mr. Plaidshirt made sandwiches next, and Mrs. Plaidshirt handed around a big bag of oatmeal cookies with raisins and spices and flavors imported all the way from Sri Lanka and Mexico and California and India. Peter Squirrel was so entranced by the bag of oatmeal cookies that he didn't even remember scampering down the tree and up onto the picnic table to stare at the family eating cookies. Mr. Plaidshirt broke off a little corner from his cookie and he handed it to Peter, but Peter was scared to come close enough to take the crumb of cookie and he just froze. Don't feed the wildlife, Dad. It can hurt them, said the little plaid shirt. Oh, I don't think one little crumb of cookie can hurt a nice little squirrel, said the father. The park ranger said not to feed the wildlife, and there is a sign in the bathroom, and on the way in, on an every garbage can, and in the brochure, and on the website, and there's item number three in the campsite rules posted right over there. The little plaid shirt liked to know the rules, very much like Peter's sister's excellence, perfection, and merit. Well, fine, said Mr. Plaid shirt, and he swept the little crumb into a plastic bag, and Mrs. Plaid shirt put the cookies in the cooler, and they packed everything up in their car and drove off. Peter Squirrel knew he should scamper back into the trees, filling his cheeks with nuts, but all he could think about was that bit of cookie that Mr. Plaidshirt offered him and he'd been too scared to take. Peter ran all around the campsite, around the tent, over the picnic table, up into every chair, through the fire ring, looking for more little bits and crumbs, but there was nothing left. Peter's stomach rumbled. If only Mr. Plaidshirt would come back and offer Peter Squirrel more cookie. Peter wouldn't be too scared to take it if he could just have one more chance. Mr. Plaidshirt and his family 
did come back to campsite number 11. Mr. Plaidshirt chopped wood and Mrs. Plaidshirt chopped onions and zucchini. She put the cooler down on the picnic table beside her and she took things out and put things in and took things out and looked around for other things. She boiled water and pasta and soon there was a fire in the fire ring and pasta primavera on the table and the little family was talking again about how delicious everything was. Well, Peter watched. Peter came as close as he dared to the picnic table, but nobody offered him any pasta. Mrs. Plaidshirt did take Peter Squirrel's picture. It was scary, but it didn't hurt him at all. Then the dishes were done and the cooler was put away and Peter wanted to weep for the lost opportunity to see everything that was inside it. The family played some sort of game with colorful cards until it got too dark to see without a lantern. And then Mr. Plaidshirt went to his car and got out a box that smelled nice and said, Who wants s'mores? The family roasted marshmallows and smushed them between chocolate-covered cookies, and Peter could not believe that anything could smell so good. And then the little plaid shirt yawned, and Mrs. Plaid shirt got out a bag of soapy and minty-smelling things and said, Come to the bathroom with me and bring your jammies. We'll brush our teeth. And Mr. Plaid shirt stayed behind with the marshmallows and cookies, poking at logs in the fire. Peter watched Mr. Plaidshirt watching the fire for a long time, even though he knew he should run back to his hollow log and go to sleep. But Mr. Plaidshirt saw Peter, and he said, Hey, little buddy. And he took a marshmallow to the bag and offered it to Peter. Peter could not believe his luck. It was so scary to sidle around the hot fire ring and reach out to Mr. Plaidshirt's enormous hand with Peter's tiny one and to grab the marshmallow, but Peter's stomach was growling. He had missed lunch and dinner, and he wanted to try a marshmallow so badly. Peter stuffed the marshmallow into his cheeks. He ran behind the tent, up the lodgepole pine, over to the blue spruce, across the roof of the pit toilet, through the fenced-in environmental reclamation area, through some more lodgepole pines, and into the hollow log. When he was safe, he removed the marshmallow from his cheeks and took a bite. Peter could not believe how wonderful the marshmallow tasted. It was like a mushroom and a cloud at the same time. It was like his mother telling him she loved him. It was like dropping a thousand pine cones on a thousand campers all at the same time. And Peter couldn't just stay in the hollow log. He had to run dancing and laughing in the moonlight. He saw a shooting star and he wished for more marshmallows. Peter didn't finish the whole marshmallow on his own. He saved some for his mother and sisters, but when he crawled into the hollow log, everyone was fast asleep, and he didn't want to disturb them. In the morning, Peter was terrified to discover that his mother and sisters had turned into pine cones and mushrooms. How could this happen? But he soon realized he was in a different hollow log, and he crawled out and threw the little door into the right hollow log and he found his mother weeping and his sisters comforting her peter said his mother we were so worried about you when he tried to hug his mother perfection said wait do you have rabies peter your mouth is all covered in white 
Peter said he did not have rabies. It was just the most delicious food in the world stuck in his whiskers, and he took the last bit of marshmallow out of his cheeks and offered it to his sister, but his mother was upset. Where did you get that? She wanted to know. I found it growing in an unusual tree, said Peter. It smells like humans, said Peter's mother. Don't eat it. It tastes amazing, said Peter. It might be poisonous, said Excellence. It's not. I ate some, and I feel... I feel... Peter realized then that he did not feel well at all, and his mother made him some wild mint tea and fed him a little bit of wild strawberry, and he perked up again. That morning, Peter and his mother and his sister's perfection, excellence, and merit collected pine nuts to store in their hollow log, but Peter couldn't stop thinking about the cooler at campsite number 11. He snuck off on his own as soon as he could, and he saw that the plaid shirts had finished their breakfast and washed up the dishes, but the cooler was on the picnic table. Peter drew closer and closer, wishing that he could see inside. He could smell that whatever was in there smelled even better than it did the day before. Then Mr. Plaidshirt crawled into the tent and he started throwing things out of it, rolled up sleeping bags and zipped up backpacks, and he asked Mrs. Plaidshirt for help taking down the tent. The cooler was sitting on the picnic table, wide open. Mr. and Mrs. Plaidshirt were busy, and the little Plaidshirt was riding a bike around the campsite, not paying attention to Peter. This was Peter's big chance. He snuck up to the cooler. It smelled so good. It was easy for him to scamper up onto the picnic table and leap down into the cooler. In the cooler, Peter found cheese and apples. He found hot dogs and relish. He found kale and carrots and cookies. He did not know what to eat first. He wished there were more marshmallows. But there were none. But there was a soggy hot dog bun that tasted to Peter like it had a little bit of every flavor in the cooler in it. So he started with that. But then the cooler doors slammed shut. The cooler was lifted up and carried away and set down someplace else. Peter heard muffled voices and car doors slam. Then he didn't hear anything it was quiet inside the cooler. It was dark inside the cooler. It was so, so cold inside the cooler. Peter was all alone. He jumped up and pushed on the doors above him, but they wouldn't budge. Peter was stuck. He didn't know what to do. Peter cried out for his mother. He cried out for his sisters, but nobody heard him. He shivered. He was standing in ice water. His teeth began chattering. Well, the cooler was such a wonderful place to be when the doors were open. But the cooler was not a wonderful place to be when the doors were closed. Eventually, Peter heard voices and the sound of car doors. He had no idea what was going to happen next, but he was sure he would never see his mother and his sisters and their hollow log again. He would never again get to throw nuts on campers. 
He would never get to tell his mother sorry for lying and for sneaking off. Then Peter sneezed. (coughs) And he sneezed again. (coughs) And he sneezed again. (coughs) It was no wonder Peter had caught cold. His lips and paws were blue with cold. Then he heard the back door of the car open and the sound of things moving around on top of the cooler and the sound of the little plaid shirt saying, I know I heard the cooler sneeze. And the doors of the cooler opened and there were the plaid shirts staring down at Peter. Peter jumped out and bounced off Mr. Plaid shirt's shoulder. Mr. Plaid shirt screamed and Peter kept running away from Campsite 11, down the road, past the pit toilets, through the environmental reclamation area, through the lodgepole pines and all the way to his hollow log, shivering, chattering and crying for his mama. She put him straight to bed with a cup of chamomile tea.